Chronic illness can be an all-consuming experience. I have suffered with chronic illness for over 20 years, and there is no doubt managing a chronic condition can be a full-time job with no perks or time off. It affects every facet of your life, but you are not alone. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments and coping strategies they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you. Welcome back to the I Am Not My Pain podcast. Last week, we are continuing our discussion with Jenny McPherson on balancing life with chronic migraine disease. For over 40 years, Jenny has managed this disease, and during that time, she has spent tens of thousands of dollars, even with insurance, to treat her chronic migraine disease, including Botox, many different medications, and treatments, and even migraine surgery. Jenny continues to juggle her life with chronic migraine disease, along with being a contracts professional working in an aerospace company for the past 20 years, and a mother of a son who recently graduated from community college and is transferring to a four-year school in the fall. Like most people with chronic migraine disease, she says her life consists of managing the before, during, and after of a migraine attack. If you haven't listened, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to part one and part two as she dives into the expense of her disease, both financially and personally, and how she balances it all, and why she decided to get involved in advocating for chronic migraine disease. This week, Jenny will share how someone can join the cause to fight for chronic migraine disease, as well as to find support, and how advocacy has benefited her. Let's tune in to the final part of her interview. For people that don't really, you know, they're starting their journey or maybe they just haven't found the right support. I mean, what would you recommend for people to find some support and information on, you know, how they can, how they can either, you know, find out information about this disease or to also kind of help fight, you know, with legislation and funding and other things. I mean, what, what is your recommendations? I mean, I would say if, you know, if Facebook is an option, move against migraine is a great start. That's one of the groups you can belong to. It's a private group. So, you know, whatever you say in the group just stays in the group. Um, there's also another one called migraine meanderings. And that is also the same kind of concept. I think they may do more informational statistics for you to learn. And you can also, you know, look on that site once you remember and just kind of learn about the disease. Miles for Migraine is now, I don't know what year it's in. It's probably three or four years in. It's like any other run for for a charity but they also have a ton of resources that they can put you in contact with. And all, you know, all these can, can lead to something else, right? You can mention it to your doctor. I don't know if there's a way to find a migraine specialist, but honestly, you know, the, the group that I work with for Headache on the Hill is called the Alliance for Headache Disorders Advocacy. And there's also, you know, the National Headache organization. I, I, there's quite a few of those. Yeah. Well, Obviously, Google is a friend that you can, you know, it's, it's good and bad in many ways when you have a chronic. Disease. Yeah. 
because you can go yeah. down Google rabbit holes. But when you're trying to find like a doctor or a treatment specialist, it is very helpful. But also going on to these Facebook groups. And if anybody lives in your area and has been to some doctors, I mean, obviously you have to take your own, you know, you don't know the people. So you got to go through a process of determining whether or not that's a valid, like, okay, they don't like that doctor. I won't try that doctor, you know, but, but still you get suggestions and you can work through that knowledge and that helps. So it, it always has helped, helped me. And, and even I, the only downfall I've ever had from group settings was, you know, I have a tendency to compare myself to other people's plights. It's a balancing act of trying to remind yourself issues are valid. My issues are affecting my life tremendously and I have a right to be here and I have a right to be upset and all those things, you know, but it takes time to kind of let yourself, it depends on your personality too. But I mean, my personality was, you know, I tended to, you know, beat the, beat myself up. You know, I'd just be like, Oh, Melissa, get over it. You know, big baby. I've definitely been there as well, because when I started the advocacy, I had all these grand ideas of what I was going to do outside of that. And I've done none of it. <laughs> well, you, know? But, you know, you're doing, and that's the thing is with advocacy work, you do what you can. Even I talked to somebody yesterday who said, right now I'm advocating and I'm doing all this great things, but two years from now, you may come back and I may not be able to do that. I may pass the baton and say, I'm not in a good place right now. You take it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've done some stuff, you know, and, and she said it ebbs and flows and, and so does advocacy work. So I thought that was an interesting take. Cause I was like, well, that is true. Mm-hmm. I, she said, you know, all I can do is when I can do it. And when I feel like doing it, it's, it takes a lot of energy to do a lot of it. So it's, especially when you're fighting legislation and you have to meet with people and, and do all that as someone who's already, you know, got limited battery life in our bodies. It takes a lot to do extra things. I think it's so funny. Um, I've heard you say this before, as far as like, when we go to DC, you have to dress professionally and wear makeup and have your hair done. So we don't look like a group of sick people. We look like just any probably other lobbying group. You know, I, I kind of joked with some people. I said, we should be here in our natural state, you know, sweatpants right. tied to your head kind of thing. Dirty hair up in a bun, no <laughs> yeah, makeup, exactly. sweats. And yeah. we're like, this is what we do. This is who we are. It's, it's true. I mean, and that's how you do with doctors too. I mean, cause you don't get treated, you get treated differently when you show up a certain way and it's sad. It shouldn't be that way, but it it totally is. And optics unfortunately matter in, especially the governments and in certain things like that. So that is funny that you, you're like, we're the um, quote unquote, healthiest, unhealthiest people you will meet today. (laughs) Exactly. You know, welcome. And that's the thing too, with an invisible disease, we, you can look completely normal and feel like crap. So I think people get disillusioned by that. And then when you say, oh yeah, I've had a horrible day today. They're like, no, you haven't. And I'm like, okay, thanks for, you're like, I'm telling you I have, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard when you look a certain way and they're just, and I get that. I mean, I really do, but that's why you just can't judge a book by its cover on on any of these conditions. Exactly. It's funny because I'll try to hide it from my good friends. 
And the, actually in the last two times I've seen one of my friends, she's like, do you have a migraine? And I'm like, no, but I kind of do. Like, I, I think I'm hiding it. And apparently even behind sunglasses, right. somehow my body is telling her well when the people get to know you well they definitely can tell like my family knows right off the bat like I'll come over and they're like yeah you're not feeling good today and I'm like yeah and okay I thought I hit it pretty well today yeah that's uh, what I try to do it's funny though I always want to talk to people like you and you know be an advocate but with my friends I'm like no I'm fine I'm I'm fine I'm sort of fine you know I'll tell them there's levels I said when I get to a point where I can't keep up I will let you know I said, for now, I can, I'm good, you know. That's hard because you want to be treated normally as well, like a regular old person. You know, you're like, I just want to have fun or I just want to enjoy this evening, even though in your brain, you're like, okay, don't do that. Or you're going to do that. Oh no, that's going to be a problem later. Like I'm sitting without, you know, for me sitting without head support for a lengthy amount of time is just killer on my neck you know, things like that. So as I'm sitting there, even though I'm like, this is so fun. I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. I know this is going to be a problem later. I know it. Yeah. And my friends are wonderful. They, they are very, very supportive. They're just trying to gauge like from my secrecy all these years, like how, how bad is it really? Cause she's not telling us, you know, so we had gone to the New York city for a day trip and I was, I was wrecked by the time we got back. So, you know, we were able to kind of talk about that. I said, yeah, I just, you know, not, not for them to feel bad that they pushed me too hard. I said, I know my limits today. I pushed it too much. So that's on me, you know. I think the closer you become, the more you open up about that. Like in my relationships, you know, mm-hmm. is that when you become closer, I can share a little more. I don't, don't try to hide it as much. But even then there's moments that I'm just like, well, I just want to enjoy this event and I want others to enjoy it. And I don't want them to worry about me. So I'm going to just be as perfectly fine as what you think I am. I get sick of hearing it myself. Like somebody was like, oh, we can go and have a, have a fire in the backyard. And I'm like, nope, I can't. That's a trigger. But I get sick of saying that myself. So I know I just, sometimes I just do it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I was like, I'm such a bummer. Like, it's like, I can't do that. No, I can't do that either. Yeah. Like that's too late. Like I can't, I can't, that's a, yeah. So it's, it's definitely a, a process and a balancing act for sure. Cause so many, so many things we have to juggle. So why don't you tell me kind of what the benefits that advocacy has had on your life? Oh, advocacy honestly has been so great. It's, it's given me a group of people who get it really. Um, and everybody's so supportive of one another and we're just very, you know, we, it's, it's something I think I struggled with in the past was kind of being more empathetic. I was just like, Oh, you know, you can just do it this way and you'll be fine. But now I've really learned that like you had said, everybody's pain is valid and everybody's level of pain is valid and what you're doing is valid. It's just, you know, so we can all be there for each other in that regard. It's just been life-changing, honestly. It gives me a good purpose. I like to help. I like to definitely share my opinions. So that's helpful when I'm doing When you feel like at least what you're going through is 
is it's taught you something and you are able to help others through that process in a way. And it gives yeah. it a little bit of meaning in your right. life and, and not such a-, a horrible context all the time. Right. Exactly. It gives you a, you know, a better outlook than just laying in bed, feeling sorry for myself. Honestly. Um, I kind of think I have to do. Yeah. Which I allow myself every once in a while. Um, you know, I kind of, I talk about having tools in my toolbox and that's just one, one of them, you know, between meds and doctors and support groups and the retreats and going to get a massage every week. Or, you know, and people are like, Ooh, that's fancy. And I'm like, no, no, it's just for maintenance. I mean, it's nice, but it's, it's just medical. Yeah. I'm not, you know, yeah. Also, I'm going to donate my brain when I die. And um, so you get to like write up a little bit of what you've had in your life so they can study it. And I'm hoping that, you know, that can lead to something later on. Um, and that's different than I was told that's different than just putting organ donation on your license. Oh. Brain, brain donation is actually specific. So, um, it's like you sign know, up for it I specifically can, with, yeah, I can give you a link if, if any of your listeners. Yeah, no, I, I, that's fascinating. Um, because I'm an organ donor, but I didn't know that you had to, you know, like for, I guess it makes sense. It does make sense for the brain yeah, right. to be studied has to be kind of a little separate. So yeah, yeah. We'll include the link. Okay. So I think it's interesting. And I think, mm-hmm. Uh, the more we can study stuff like, and I know it's not for everybody to do, but the more we can study people's, you know, they have the chance to study, the more knowledge we gain on all these conditions. Yeah. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. So if they can find out what it is, that would be right. Or how to fix it or how to help it or prevent it or whatever. Like we would, you know, thumbs up, like we'll take what we can get. (laughs) I know. Totally. Totally. And then I mean, what can you do, say, that you want to do more to, for advocate work, like, you know, in the migraine, you know, chronic migraine disease field? Like, what would you recommend as, like, some of the things to do or help with? You know, I can't think of anything specifically. Like, for me, I like to talk to people and and I like to, especially people in power, and tell them, this is how it should be and please help us, you know. But for everyone, you know, some of the, when we've been to Headache on the Hill, they they have specific things they call asks and they, you know, you don't just go and say, give us more money, which is what I thought. They actually have specific things. So the first year they wanted, they requested to add migraine and headache disorders to the disability list. So there's a list when you um, need to apply for disability and there's like a, they call it a blue book, which is a list of diseases that I guess get passed through easier. So, but headache disorders and migraine is not on that list. So they add, they ask that to be added. And I think that just makes it easier to apply for disability when you need it. Mm -hmm. Um, They've also done, uh, there was an opioid centered one where it's an initiative to treat headache or to really research headache disorders more. So people aren't just relying on opioids. Yeah. And we, we hoped that that would, I don't know the status of any of these as far as, you know, they said yes or no, or it's happening, but these were everything's so slow going. I mean, who knows? It's even heard. Right. Well, they always show us this disease burden chart. And if you look at it, um, the disease burden of migraine is way over on the right, which means it's a very burdensome disease. 
yeah. but the funding is very low. So it's like on the lower end of the chart. And it's it's interesting to see like cancer is probably the highest, furthest right um, disease that's there. Obviously, it's just nowhere near any of that. So that's we we would like, obviously, more funding for that. Um, another ask that we had, which I hope gets some traction, is the veterans. Uh, they have veteran centers of excellence now because headache disorders is so prevalent in veterans coming home from combat that they they have this now center of excellence for migraine treatment That's and amazing. I think study as well. They need that. It's very Definitely. true, very common. Yeah, and we also address the doctor shortage, right? There's only 500 migraine specialists and I've, I've heard here and there that in medical school, like they don't get really any migraine, like they might get overview for a couple like hour or something. But even when you're in like specific neurology, one, one doctor told me that. So they definitely need more exposure to that. You know, yeah. I had one doctor, I asked, you know, how did you get, how did you become interested in becoming a migraine specialist? And one of the things she said was, that she was just so amazed by our resilience as a community. I mean, we just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Um, so that's true. Yeah. I, that made me feel good because you don't think that, right. You're, you don't you're, think like, that you're, that yourself, you're not strong enough. Not. You're not doing enough. You're, you know, but it's, it's, it really made me feel validated. It should. And, and as it is true for sure, but it, yes, we don't think of people don't think of ourselves or, you know, as that it really is true. The resiliency is insane and what, what people cope with on a daily basis and still continue to live and try to manage and work through it. It's incredible. And, but that's an interesting very important work because those asks are important, especially for the, dis I mean, to have migraine on the disabilities list, because it is a very debilitating disease and it needs to be. And like you said, um, that's the second leading cause of disability. And that is huge. Just that, that little fact uh, right. in there. It's, it's very, very uh, debilitating. And very, very hard to manage a lot of, but, you know, so many people, we, you know, you do your best and you, and you keep balancing yep. as much as you can. And definitely the balancing act continues and continues, but mm -hmm. well, this is amazing, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all this and talking with me. I, I always say talking on headaches and migraine is always a good day for me because I love that's that's one of my favorites uh, topics because yeah. of, of my personal connection to headache. But but migraine is like I said a different beast, and I'm aware of that, and you know grateful that mine are not migraine. You know I'm very grateful for that because I you know the the feeling of being nauseous to me is like the worst feeling in the world. So yeah, to, I don't love that. I don't miss that at all. Yeah, to have it, to, if you have that with the migraine too, I'm like, oh, I can't think of anything worse. Because when I have the flu, like that's, I'm a baby when it comes to the flu. I don't get it often, but when I do, it's brutal. So I always think of migraine 
when I'm dealing with that. Cause I'm just like, I can't imagine, you know, yeah. just dealing with that nausea, like all that. I was like, Oh, I was it's like, no, worse. thank you. Yeah. But, but so many people do. And, and that's just part of, part of the disease for a lot, yeah. a lot of people. I think it is. I think that is a prevalent uh, symptom. I used to have it in, when I was young, but not now. Thank God. I know. Well, and it's interesting too, how the condition changes as you age and mm-hmm. it, it is very interesting, uh, which is part of what it needs to be studied too. It's exactly. fascinating I'm, different I'm stages out. of life. Yep. I'm yeah. holding out for menopause. It hasn't started yet, but I'm waiting because I feel right. that's going to be the, okay, that's going to do Only it. Only a migraine, <laughs> chronic migraine would be like menopause. Come on. <laughs> I, nobody wishes for that, but I'm wishing for it, but I'm you like, know, come on, it's men- menopause. You give me the migraine free exactly. moments. I, I will, I will deal with the hot flashes and all the other junk that goes with it. I but promise I, am- I won't complain about any hot flashes. If the, like I had three hot flashes in the last few years and I was like, or the last year. And I'm like, this is great. This means it's starting. This means it'll be over soon and I can get past the migraines, but yeah. I know one that's another fear is like when you do enter in different stages, you wonder how your body's going to react to, or give you new issues or better issues. I mean, you just don't know. I don't so, know. Yeah. Like my, my doctor, when I was pregnant with my son, I had very few, if any, I early on, I did have some, but, um, my doctor was like, oh, if you didn't have any during pregnancy, you might do fine after menopause. Now that's a big mite. I've heard people say they still get them, but I'm going to hold out for that for that day. I knew. But oh, yeah. well, well, thank you again for coming on. This was this was great. I'm excited to for others to hear it. And I will also include some links in the episode description for you to check out, including the Alliance for Headache Disorders Advocacy. I really do appreciate you coming on and taking your time today. And thank you to all my listeners for tuning in. And as always, remember, you are not alone and you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or to learn more about the show or how to become a guest, simply visit our website at www. I am not my pain podcast.org. That is I am not my pain podcast.org. Your story matters. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day. Power. Peace. Purpose.